and welcome back to my channel. I am Vicky Shevlin. I run and lead Social Work Sorted, which is an online platform for newly qualified social workers. I focus specifically on child protection, social work or social work in the UK in children's services. I am a social worker myself. I have worked my whole career in children's services and as both a social worker and a child protection conference chair. And I started Social Worked about two years ago to provide resources for newly qualified social workers that were practical, tangible, and connected to the day-to-day -day experience of practice. And this is part two of a series on managing difficult phone conversations or having difficult phone calls. If you've not watched part one, then maybe head back and watch that because we set up the context there, really thinking about what we perceive to be a difficult phone call in the first place and how we actually can break down those perceptions before we've even picked up the phone to someone. And in today's video and podcast, I'm gonna be talking about the environment. So the environment that we are in when we are making a phone call, but also being conscious of the environment the other person is in. So that person on the other end of the phone, what kind of environment they are in, are they in a position to receive the phone call and get that verbal information that we are going through. Those environments are really important because when we're in person having a conversation, we rely really heavily on our body language. I think our communication is around 90% body language, facial expressions rather than what we say. And so with that being removed, when we are on the phone, we need to think about the other factors that are impacting our ability to communicate and the person on the other end, their ability to receive information and communicate as well. And there are some uh, references, some links in the show notes that you can go through and have a read about the different things to consider when we're thinking about environment, because we're thinking about our physical space, the room that we're in, the things that we have around us. We're thinking about what we're exposed to in terms of our sensory exposure, lights, sound, fresh air. And we want to think about all those things for the other person as well. So everything that they are connecting with and everything that they're experiencing when they pick up the phone. Again, I talked about this in more detail in the other video, but it's really important to think about these things because when we take away our capacity to communicate with our body language, with our facial expressions, our non-verbal communication, we're relying so heavily on what is verbal. We need to be really clear and really careful with that. And we need to be able to consider the environment because we're not in a position to support somebody or see them. If, if we're sat with somebody, we can see if they're maybe getting more upset, more agitated, more uncomfortable, and we might be able to adjust or shift our body language or our facial expression to show empathy or reflect things back, but that's all removed on a phone call. So setting up the environment for yourself and that other person is one way of trying to mitigate against the difficulty we have by not being face-to-face -face with them. So the first thing to think about is you your environment, how you are before you are making this phone call. Where have you come from? What are you going on to? How are you arriving to make a phone call? Are you in a rush? Are you panicked? Are you rushing around an office? Are you searching for a place to 
sit? Are you not giving yourself enough time to just settle, even if it's 10 seconds, to just take a deep breath before you are picking up the phone so you're not out of breath? which I usually am when I'm running around an office because don't do that much exercise. Really think about how you are and how you can set yourself up. Think about where you are in terms of your environment, like I talked about in the video before. Do you need to be in a quiet room? Is it really busy in an office? Is there gonna be lots of background noise to somebody so it's gonna be quite difficult for them to hear? Are you sat in a dark and miserable corner of the office? Is there any way that you can get yourself some light or some natural light or be by a window? Think about the mood, the environment in the office. Is somebody else on the phone and things are um, not going that well for them or you can tell that they're getting frustrated and agitated? How much are you gonna pick up on that when you are then on the phone? How distracted are you going to be? So. Again, sometimes we can't always change where we sit in the office if you're hot desking and sometimes there's only one desk left, but it's being aware of that. So is there anything that you can do, again, to mitigate against that? Do you need to make this phone call right now or can you wait until your colleague sat next to you is finished on the phone where things are a bit louder or more distracting? Think about your basic needs. And if you've not watched my video, Unpicking Maslow's Hierarchy, because when I think about basic needs, my head then goes to Maslow, but actually my learning and unlearning about that theory is all inside the video about the fox, the tiger, the gruffalo and Maslow. So go and have a read, uh, a read, a watch of that after. But think about your body and your basic needs. Have you been to the toilet? Which might sound a bit strange, but I know when I was really busy, overloaded, rushing back into the office from a home visit or a meeting, knowing that I had something to go to and I had a phone call to make, I would neglect my basic needs and I'd think, oh, I'll go to the toilet in a minute, I'll go in a minute. And then you end up on a phone conversation that you think is going to take 10 minutes, but actually takes 20 or 30 minutes. And you haven't been to the toilet and you realise you need the toilet and then you become distracted and you haven't met your basic need, but then you're also not in a position to fully concentrate. So think about those things, how they might impact, because we've all had conversations like that, I think, where we might think we're gonna be on the phone for a short amount of time and it turns out to be much longer. And you will be better able to manage that if you've been to the toilet, if you've had something to eat, if you've had a drink, especially if you're busy. And all those things might take five minutes, but they might give you back then either some time or save you some stress from whatever's gonna happen in that phone conversation. The next thing to think about is that person's environment. So you're going to be ringing somebody up. So quite often, and the most difficult, because it's an interpretation of difficult, the phone calls I had were with parents. And that's not because they were difficult people. It was usually because of the information that I was having to share, because of the challenges of communicating over the phone, or because of lots of things that were happening in their life and reflecting on it, probably some of my communication as a social worker and maybe mistakes that I had made. So when I'm talking about this, I'm, I'm thinking back to conversations that I've had with parents on the phone that I've perceived to be difficult. But you can check in with them when you make that phone call to make sure that they are in the best environment possible. This is really important to do in terms of safety where you might be working with families where there is identified domestic abuse. So making sure that if you're ringing somebody that they are not at risk, if they are able to have a talk with you about important information, checking who is there, 
checking if it is safe to talk. I would take a few steps back actually when you're working with somebody to think about either safe words or phrases that they can use if it's not safe to talk rather than just yes or no. Things that might not indicate to a perpetrator perhaps that there is something untoward happening. So that's going a few steps back, but think about if you have any safe words, if you have any phrases that you use with somebody, it's just so important because we can place somebody at such increased risk from even just contacting them over the phone and sharing certain pieces of information over the phone. I've worked with people before where perpetrators make them put the phone on loudspeaker and as a social worker, you might not be aware that they're on loudspeaker. So if they say that they can't talk, there might be a reason for that. And it's about us being understanding, trying to work with that rather than work against it. So checking that that person is first of all, safe to talk. The next thing is maybe preparing them if you are going to be sharing difficult information, if you're gonna be sharing information that requires a specific response, saying I've got something to share and it might be hard for you to hear this but I need to let you know now because I know I'm supposed to see you tomorrow but I need to let you know before tomorrow because otherwise you would be doing that in person I would hope. So trying to prepare that person so they know they can match their environment with the information they're about to receive. So if someone says to me I've got something really important to share with you and I'm doing a school pickup or I'm in the supermarket it gives me the opportunity to say, actually, no, I'm here and I can't receive that information right now. I can't talk about that right now. Can you ring me back another time? So checking where people are, not just who else is with them, but where are they and do they have the five or 10 minutes that you need to have this specific conversation? Because it's also about being empathetic to people. Social workers are involved in people's lives and intervene in people's lives but their lives are existing around that. People aren't just sat waiting for a phone call from a social worker. And I think sometimes when we're really busy, it's easy to forget that and let that go to the side of our minds. So being considerate of where people are at, being considerate about who is there, being considerate about whether children are present. This can be really challenging because sometimes we need to have conversations with parents, but we know that their children are also there. And if parents are upset or angry or frustrated on the phone and that child is hearing they are then going to pick up on that and it's a really difficult balance to find if you absolutely need to speak to somebody on the phone knowing that's then going to impact the children also think it's important to add because I've worked with parents before where they said sometimes you ask me to go into a room separate to the children so we can have this conversation but equally you bring up issues around supervising the children. So even by having that phone call, we might sometimes think we're helping a parent by suggesting they go in a different room. We might be giving them some contradictory information there. Go in a separate room when I ring you, so it's okay for me to ring you, but also don't because I need you to make sure that you're with your children, supervising your children. And that parent who might have a real fear of social workers and have a fear of something going wrong might think, if I'm in the room talking to you, and something happens, my child falls over, gets a bruise, or the children, siblings start arguing. What am I supposed to do then? I'm feeling really torn. So it's being mindful of the advice that we give and making sure that it's not contradictory as well. The final thing is to make sure, or I suppose checking on that person's wider environment. So you might hear, even if they don't tell you where they are, you might hear some background noise. 
you might hear other people in the background it's reflecting that back and just checking can I just check who's there or if anyone's with you because I need to share something that's confidential I need to make sure no one else hears if they're saying yeah, yeah it's fine to talk and you know that previously phone conversations have been really challenging or that person has become really upset when you've been on the phone then it's okay to say, are you sure? Because last time I rang you and it actually ended up that you were in the supermarket and you got really upset and I, I really don't want that to happen again for you. So being mindful of their environment, being able to reflect back if you can hear anything. And if you think that person needs to be in a quiet space or in a calm space, check with them when that will be and when is a good time to call them. And I know how busy you are. I know that time is really limited. But again, actions like that, taking the time to check with somebody when it's okay to call them and have a conversation can be the difference between you having a conversation that is really effective and solution focused and supportive for that person or a conversation that is really difficult challenging and actually doesn't really get you anywhere hopefully that has been helpful hopefully it's made you reflect a little bit more on your environment and another person's environment when you are making a phone call Make sure you check the references in the show notes and do have a read through some of those as well because it'll be really useful for you for practice. If this was helpful, make sure you're subscribed so you can join me for part three. And please do share with any students or new social workers that you think will find this helpful. Thank you so much for joining and take care.